0: This is the Behavioral Observations Podcast with Matt Sequoria, session number 38.
1: Welcome to the Behavioral Observations Podcast, stimulating talk for today's behavior analysts. Now, here's your host, Matt Sequoria.
0: Hey everyone, it's Matt here. Welcome to this very special episode of the Behavioral Observations Podcast. This entire episode will be brought to you by the Next Gen Revolution Summit. You can find out all the details about this at the thenextgenrevolutionsummit.com. That's the kind of clearinghouse of all the information you need on this conference. So in this show, you will not hear me talk about the fantastic supervision services of Dr. Lisa Britton, nor will you hear me talk about the CEs that are available at behavioralobservations.com forward slash get CEs. No, 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 you will not hear me talk about any of those things. No, this entire episode is brought to you by... Uh, the Next Gen Revolution Summit. And uh, these guys, uh, this is their second conference, and they've uh, done a lot of really cool things. It's kind of like the intersection of behavior analysis, entrepreneurship, technology, and broader applications, whether it be clinical psychology or other types of applications of, of behavior analysis. So lots of really, really cool stuff. So I'm going to try to keep this introductory section relatively short and get to the various speakers of the event. Uh, but before I do, though, I do want to let you know that if this is something you're interested in and that there uh, is a promo code. So if you uh, go to nextgenrevolutionsummit.com and you uh, click on the buy tickets, there, uh, enter the promo code MATT in all caps, that's M-A-T-T, and uh, you'll get a discount on your tickets. And I think that promo code is available all the way up until the day before the event. Now, the event is on November 11th. It'll be held at The Lab in uh, beautiful Miami. Uh, but again, you can participate in this uh, conference uh, online, on demand. So whether you are in Australia, or the UK, or the Pacific Northwest, or even here in New England, uh, you can participate in this event and learn all the cool stuff that um, that is on the speak that the speakers will be talking about. So, um, I think that's pretty much it. We're going to go into detail. We're going to start up with Ryan O'Donnell, whom you might remember from Session Twenty Four, and then we're going to speak to some other uh, uh, speakers from the event as well, and to give you kind of a flavor of what you can expect to learn. And uh, these guys individually would make great episodes on their own because a lot of these folks are doing some really, really uh, innovative things in our field. So whether you attend the conference or not, um, I think you're going to get a lot out of this episode. Uh, It was very thought-provoking for me talking to each one of these uh, folks, so I'm hoping you uh, get the same amount of information out of it that I certainly did. So again, uh, just to reiterate, you can head over to nextgenrevolutionsummit.com for more details. And if you do choose to attend, whether virtually or in person, use the promo code MATT, M-A-T-T, all caps, and uh, you can save a few bucks in the process. So without any further ado, let's get into our show for the day.
2: Hi, my name is Ryan O'Donnell. I am a behavior analyst and I guess you'd say creator as kind of the other part of the title.
0: All right, Ryan, uh, thanks for joining me today. And uh, you're a creator of many things. I know you do a lot of videos and things like that. And uh, uh, I know I've mentioned your podcast on the show before, but for those of you guys who don't know, Ryan is a co-host of a pretty cool podcast, Why We Do What We Do. Uh, and we can certainly post a link to that in the uh, in the show notes, so you've got your fingers in a lot of different cookie jars from as as uh, as I've come to learn from getting to know you over the last couple of months so but we're here to talk about next gen uh or next gen revolution summit uh and and things yeah. like that and so uh you're you kind of have a kind of a unique contribution to this particular conference uh certainly in the terms of the o- organizing it and pulling it all together but uh, and we can come back to that in a second. But what I want to focus on here is that you you're you're kind of batting cleanup if I understand, right? You're you're kind of uh being you're kind of wrapping things up towards the end of the day. So why don't you why don't I stop talking and you can start telling the listeners <laughs> kind of what your role is in this uh in this year's conference.
2: Oh right, yeah, like you said, I had two roles. We can get into the details of kind of organizing it after. Um what I will be doing at the event itself is over overseeing a little bit of the live stream component as well as um, some of the media that's going on there. And then at the end of the day, I'll be alongside two different folks. We're setting up what we're calling the fireside chat. Fireside chat actually, I believe, like originated during the FDR era. It was a lot of uh, it was like a structured series where they talked about uh, what was kind of going on in the banking crisis recession and such. Um, but it's since kind of been used as this way to kind of describe at events like this where you're sitting down kind of with a structured uh, chit-chat, much like a panel discussion but a little bit more lay. And uh, oftentimes it's like literally on conferences set up between uh, folks are kind of in chairs kicking back and whatnot. So what we're going to be doing is Andy from Behavior Me, Uh, Crew is going to lead essentially a discussion, kind of wrap up um, with myself and Adam Ventura of We Evolve, World Evolve, World Evolve. Think it's World Evolve. My bad. That guy's got his hands in so many things. Also, I can't. (laughs) Indeed, I can't remember which is which. Yeah, We is what it is for short. That's where that came from. So, yeah, we will be essentially responsible for uh, talking about each of the different events, uh, or sorry, each of the different presentations that happen. Earlier in, earlier in the day from a uh, kind of summary standpoint, but also from the ethics angle is what we're going to be coming at from that.
0: I see. And what, um, I'm just trying to, I don't want to throw too too uh kind of abstract a question from you but I want to and I don't want to bounce back and forth between the the organization yeah. of the conference and and the specifics but it, a thought just did kind of occur to me and I'm wondering You know, with regard to last year's event and this year's, what would be some of the differences between, obviously the speaker lineup might be different and things like that. But, you know, is there anything thematic wise or programmatic wise that that's different between the first and uh, next gen? Because you came on the podcast, I think, last April, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, And it was just about to happen then. So what have you learned since then? And what makes this conference different than the last one?
2: Cool. Yeah. So a few things that we've learned um, that is part of our message is a lot more clear. So on the front page of our website, we, we say the intersection of behavior analysis, entrepreneurship, technology and clinical application. So the goal is to really be kind of a platform, at least in that one day event um, of those four things coming together. So we made sure to bring in speakers from each of those areas. Um, so, that would be one of the things. Kind of our message is more clear, I'd say, in general. Now, the other thing that's different is the last one was this kind of reflection and idea after looking at a travel schedule that I had coming up um, with a, one of the partners back in New Jersey. And so the ramp up launch was all done within like seven weeks, which was extremely hard to do, but we pulled it off. So, this time we started planning much earlier, kind of talking more in May and june for the november event so um there's been a lot more i guess material that we could put out there kind of talking about it so each of the speakers uh we've got some information up on them as well as we were able to get some formal sponsorships set up as well or gigs like we're doing with you uh, on this podcast lined up as well so the i guess the uh i kind of talk about it like we leveled up in a sense mm-hmm. <laughs> um and there's there's more organization structure to it. So the Behavior Me crew, as well as Melissa and Gasser with the Bedrock Clinic and Research Center back in New Jersey, are uh, essentially it's the three of our organizations working on putting that together. So there's a lot more talent behind it, especially on the business and kind of entrepreneurship angle. Uh, Behavior Me has been really valuable in that sense, too. So that's the long story long, I guess, on okay. kind, of, kind of how that's coming.
0: All right, this, this podcast is all about long stories. Uh, so, um, <laughs> What, um, you know, I, I meant to ask this earlier, what is the, you know, being able to attend kind of remotely is kind of a, a, a neat thing and, and you know, kind of reflecting on our New Hampshire ABA conference that happened here in our backyard not too long ago. You know, we sold yep. out in record time. And I know a lot of conferences in our neck of the woods uh, at least me speaking in the for the New England area like mass a b a and Babbitt and things like that they sell out really fast, so you know certainly having an online component seems really uh, appealing uh especially if it's a situation where someone doesn't have the ability to travel or you know we certainly have listeners and you know um yeah, you know that we're you know that it was you know that, that we're reaching here that are you know in places like New Zealand Australia india um you know, Brazil, the UK, et cetera. So uh, talk us through the process in terms of attending online and things like that. And, you know, what that experience is like from a user standpoint.
2: For sure. Yeah. So it kind of originated from uh, trying to consume everything I possibly could in behavior analysis. There was always so many opportunities of the different affiliate chapters, you know, the the different ABA chapters out there that were were happening, and I, I was always hearing or seeing about these cool things that were going on, but we couldn't really access them. So it's partially fueled by that. Was could we try to provide it in a format that, where if you know, money, travel, those sort of situation, conflicting things in your life that are oftentimes totally reasonable, right, get in the way. How could you be able to access it afterwards? So we've set it up to where there is um, as much of the same stuff that's going on in the event the day of built in as possible. So we're bringing some different tools. We're actually still doing a, uh, a final kind of comb over on what those are that are out there because that world kind of changes so fast. So the interactiveness, right? Like we, we not only have moderators and, and people in the chat that are helping live the day of, but we also have um, some breakout activities that we build into there as well. So last time there was a lot of uh, what they call mind maps or brainstorm activities kind of going on where everybody was jumping in together. What was cool there was um, depending on the talk, we could structure it to where people could connect and find each other as well. So when you're attending live, for example, if you had a, a certain interest in technology and you're looking for like-minded people, the these uh, this online avenue, especially live that day of, allows you to connect with like-minded people when you're doing those sort of activities. So there was some cool opportunities to kind of follow up. And I think that's the heart of many conferences and events is networking right like you can build out your relationships find like-minded people Um, so we try to put that on there as for logistics the way that works is there's going to be a a series of structured emails kind of saying hey here's how it's going to work materials are sent the day uh, a couple days prior you have access to those Um, we will depending on the ratio of people online we'll have a certain number of moderators that can keep up with questions and comments and such And, uh, we expect it depending on the numbers as well. We're going to do as much as we can filtering that kind of buffering between the, you know, for example, if someone has a question, like during the actual conference for the speakers during a Q and a sort of time, we're going to do our best accommodating those sort of things. Um, I just don't know the volume quite yet on that to see how we'll handle that. Sure. Um, But that's kind of what to expect. And then afterwards also, keep the materials open for 30 days um, and number of like quizzing options and stuff set up for CUs and such. So there's a lot of, a lot of work behind the scenes, I guess, afterwards and kind of communicating with people live. Um, And then we try to bring everybody back in together in an online forum. Some people take advantage of that more than others. Um, It kind of depends on what you're looking for out of the event. So, that's kind of where it came from, and what to expect. I don't know if I missed anything, though.
0: No, no, that's that. That I think helps a lot. You know, I think anyone who is contemplating doing something like this, you know, that I think the more detail that it can help them kind of place themselves in the context is is is, yeah. is great. So, um, so who? So, uh, let me try to phrase this differently. So, you mentioned earlier that the conference is like the intersection of behavior analysis technology entrepreneurism uh and maybe a couple other things that i can't uh list off rotely just just Cl- yet clinical
2: but sake. Yeah, there you, you go there well. you go all right
0: yeah. all right uh, three out of four right um yeah solid. so so yeah it's a it's a c right it's the story of my life <laughs> um, anyway um, uh self-deprecation notwithstanding um who is the <laughs> who is the ideal participant for this show in other words um You know, show. Excuse me. This I've got podcast shows on my brain. Obviously, for this event, who you know, uh, who, 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 what, what, it or do that might be an unanswerable question or an unfair question. But I guess what I'm what I'm wondering is like who would, who is, you know, do you have an idea of a uh, of your uh, of a of a behavior analyst or an entrepreneur or you know fill in the blank, you know, um, Mm -hmm. that would get the most out of this type of event.
2: So I think, I think where we're, so there's two sides to this, I guess the, the where we're seeing uh, a good amount of signups is generally, uh, there's a lot of interest from students. So people in some sort of capacity, usually in grad school that are looking for um, what's kind of going on in these sort of tracks. So there's, for example, we can take uh, behavior me, uh, this virtual reality and behavior analysis kind of intersection that they got going on here. Um, that is a good example of folks that are interested in applications like that. We have that's attracting students that are kind of like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm getting the skill sets that I need working in these settings, um, enjoying things, but looking for like what else and what other applications are kind of going on out there. Um, now, each of our speakers, I know I highlighted behavior me there, but each of our speakers have some sort of background in that. So, Ed Blakely has a background in uh, doing really hands on work in the microsoft suite that so many people uh work with in our field and using that to his advantage um the only speaker that doesn't have this like behavior analysis plus something else that's going on is michael morris dr Michael morris out of the uf Um, but his entrepreneurship angle if you look at some of his tedx talks like that guy thinks very behavior analytic analytically um, which is pretty cool so We kind of have two things. We've got a a good amount of students that are looking at, you know, behavior analysis plus what's kind of going on out there. And then the other side that we'd like to build out more that we're getting a little bit more structured on is how to bring in people that look at the world through a similar lens as behavior analysts. um, And maybe are looking for some help or partnerships or collaboration from people with skill sets like our field develops. Um, So what we started to do, for example, It's on the fence. Um, I'm hoping that we have occupational therapy CEUs provided there. Um, With the entrepreneurship speaker coming in, we're starting to get some interest from those sort of folks, um, because Dr. Michael Morris is known pretty well across the field. So we're getting, uh, we're also trying to, I guess the the core thing bringing this together is behavior analysis plus interest in these other avenues, um, and folks that are looking for that.
0: All right, cool. So if you are a... You know, it's funny that you mentioned that, you know, students are are kind of digging this stuff, and I'm wondering, you know, if they're just, you know, in their grad programs and trying to consider what other applications behavior analysis has, you know, uh, beyond... Or at least in addition to providing services to, you know, kiddos with ASD, so... um,
2: Yeah, yeah, and what's interesting and cool is um, just about everybody that is on there, I'm kind of looking now. Um, Eb, myself, Adam, Behavior Me, uh, Amy, Melissa, I know for sure all of them off the top of my head, so what is that? Uh, seven of the nine folks that are presenting all have their their foot or some sort of practice going in that area, so it's, it's still very much for the folks that resonate with that. Um, there's It's kind of like, how do we bring these things together? So, for example, I work a lot in the area of disabilities still, but it's from the instructional design standpoint, and it's also from uh, how can we kind of build novel behavioral technologies, so this intersection of kind of like our contingency management systems and instructional design, plus um, the actual gadgets and apps that we use out there. Um, So, yeah, there's... There's a lot here I'm right, as we cool. talk it out. <laughs> all
0: right. Fun, fun. Sounds like a really cool event and I uh, wish you guys the best of luck. Uh, last question. So if people want to know a little bit more about you or reach out to you. I know you're all over the socials. Um, yeah. how can people, how can people, uh, touch base?
2: Yeah. So I tell people usually try to funnel it in, uh, based on the project. So if it's next gen, uh, anything at next gen rev will pull up, um, on any of the social platforms. The, uh, personally, uh, I'm building out a site that's not up yet, RyanO.com or theRyanO.com because I couldn't steal RyanO.com yet. I'm not trying to be too presumptuous there. It's just finding the same handles across all these social platforms are hard. Um, so I'm at at theRyanO.com, like spelled out. Uh, the podcast at WWD, WWD podcast. You can find us on that as well. Um,
0: remind me kind the, of all of those. Remind me the the URL for the, the actual conference.
2: So the actual conference next. NextGenRevolutionSummit.com. All right. Cool. Um, if you hop on there, you can find all the information. Various different sponsors actually have some different um, discount codes. I know we have one for you set up as well, um, so people can kind of search for those on social as well.
0: All right. Very cool. And yeah. So that is next. Gen next Revo- Gen Revolution Summit. Okay. Yeah. All right. I was, yeah, I, I, next... I wish <laughs> yeah, it shortened one and shortened the wrong one. But, um, yeah. to all of you guys driving around the car or, uh, you know, not a bit, not, you know, who are listening to this without a pen and paper handy, we'll have that linked up in the show notes. So go on over to behavioral com and, uh, look for next gen, uh, somewhere and, uh, you will find what you need to, uh, Find that website and uh, learn more about this stuff. So, yeah. All, all right, Ryan. Thanks for uh, joining me again and again. Wish you best of luck at the conference.
2: Cool. Thank you very much. Appreciate the support. um And any listeners, like I love connecting. So hit me up. There's never like whatever platform, whatever it is. Let's right. Let's so chat.
0: whether it's Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, I know you. It's all
2: yeah. Snapchat, like whatever it is that people prefer.
0: <laughs> all right. Cool.
3: All right, my name is Andy Chavez, co-founder of Me.
1: And I'm Annie Escalante, co-founder of Me.
0: Hey, guys. Thanks for joining me today. And you guys are uh, doing one of the talks at NextGen, from what I understand. What is the title of your talk?
3: Uh, So uh, the title of our talk is Innovation, Technology, and Behavior Analysis. And we're going to go a little uh, into our discussion regarding how we can find functional innovation within... um, the technology that's being presented at uh, conferences all over the world, especially out of Silicon Valley, stuff like uh, you know virtual reality, uh, the Internet of Things (IoT), uh, and how that can inform and be used as a tool for the behavioral analysis industry. Um, and then we're gonna go a little uh, deeper into our what we do as Behavior Me and how we're implementing virtual reality for ABA.
0: So why don't you take a minute and talk about Behavior Me and what you guys are doing, uh, since uh, that seems to be pretty key to your talk. And so if you want to, I know you guys are involved in some virtual reality applications and some Mm -hmm. fun things like that that we've talked about offline. So take a minute and kind of fill the listeners in, in terms of uh, what the cool stuff you guys have going on there.
3: So we are VR by therapists for therapists. And essentially, what we're, we're doing is providing a tools for behavior analysts to uh, teach uh, individuals on the spectrum uh, functional, independent, basic life skills. Uh, I mean, what does this mean? I, I, I'm preaching to the choir here, but you know, stuff like uh, fire drill scenarios, crossing the street, um, stranger danger—all uh, of these are scenarios that can be highly aided by. The immersion of, of, of virtual reality, right? Um, the imprinting of the skill uh, could be a lot better versus introverbal and uh, video modeling. So currently we have uh, about three simulations that are uh, ready to deploy by the end of the month. And we're going to deploy these to strategic partners across the country to gain market feedback on on these scenarios. Uh, with the idea that by mid uh, of two thousand and eighteen'll we'll be able to start uh, uh, providing the software for use at the end, for the end consumer
0: so, so um, virtual reality, virtual reality. Uh, you know when I think of virtual reality, I think of the big goggles over your head and things like that mm-hmm. so um, and i 've actually had a chance to kind of use that just kind of playing around with some stuff at a school that I was consulting to. But uh, for those who aren't familiar with the term virtual reality, can you just take a minute and and quickly define what that means?
3: Sure. So virtual reality is an all made, all man made a uh, virtual simulation, a virtual environment in which we create we essentially create worlds and contingencies within these worlds. Right. So um, that versus a popular acronym in the industry is also uh, augmented reality, which is. Uh, similar, but not necessarily so where the object is created using the existing environment, the environment that you and I interact with every day. Uh, so virtual reality has the, the the advantage in that we control everything that we uh, can do with it because we're creating it. Uh, we're creating everything from chairs to walls to to windows, to all the contingencies that, 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 that exists within a world itself. So imagine if you will, for a second, uh, you know, a video game, right? Uh, it's almost like a video game environment where everything is, um, uh, ideally interactable, right? You can, you can open the door, you can open a locker room, you can, you can write on, um, a, a board, everything's interactable. And, um, and that's essentially what virtual reality is it's, it's, it's been around for a really long time. Um, in fact, it's been around for about 30 or 40 years already. It's just so happens that, uh, nowadays the big boys, the big tech companies are diving headfirst into virtual reality. Um, we're talking about Google, Facebook, HTC, Lenovo, all these companies are coming up with, um, with, uh, uh, the hardware necessary to implement virtual reality, and it's it's really it's just opening up a completely different industry. Uh, if you look at the uh, statistics uh, by uh, Goldman Sachs, for example, um, uh, the market by 2022 uh, for virtual reality and healthcare is estimated to be somewhere around the 5.1 billion dollar range. Um, so that's a, that's a pretty significant, that, and that's only behind gaming. Um, so. Yeah, that's, that's virtuality has a a huge upside right now.
0: Do you guys know if there are any uh, studies showing its application in behavior analysis, or do you guys have plans to do studies in that area if there's not sufficient research?
1: So there's a lot of um, research actually in virtual reality and it's called VRT. It's mostly with exposure therapy with different phobias and whatnot. And it's actually pretty interesting that there's been research that goes back like 30 plus years, to be, to be frank. Um, and as a research topic, I believe you or me would love to to pursue research in this, in this uh, new and um, amazing technology and field. Yeah. So that is something that we are heavily considering.
0: Awesome. Um, all right. One last question before I let you guys get back to doing all this uh, cool work. Um, so sounds like you guys have an exciting talk planned for next gen. Uh, Where can listeners go to learn more about you guys if they are attending the conference and kind of want to get the most out of it? And, you know, or if someone's just curious about what you guys do in general, where can they find you?
3: Uh, they can find us at behaviorme.co slash podcast. Uh, we'll be having a uh, some quick uh, and very fun uh, information for all our listeners who are interested in virtual reality and how it applies to behavior analysis. And uh, you guys can sign up for our beta testing. Uh, right now, we have a, a significant amount of individuals who want to participate, and uh, we're always looking for more minds. We're always looking for For individuals who are open and excited and and are willing and able to hop into something like this and uh, give us their feedback.
0: Very cool. Well I can't wait Uh, to hear your uh, presentation at NextGen and I can't wait to see the stuff that you guys develop uh, or not only are developing but will continue to develop as you guys kind of find your way in this novel application of this really neat technology in our, our field of behavior analysis. Thanks for joining me today guys.
3: Thank you, thank you, and uh, thank you we you. look forward to NextGen um, and all our speakers, and we'll have a demo there for everyone to use, so uh, be excited. All right, right
1: <laughs> My name is Melissa Engesser. I am the Executive Director of the Butterock Clinic and Research Center located in um, South Plainfield, New Jersey.
0: Hey, Melissa, thanks for joining us today. So you are obviously one of the presenters. We were talking to you because you're one of the presenters at NextGen this year, so uh, why don't you tell us the title of your talk?
1: The title of my talk is All the Possibilities, Exploring Entrepreneurial Possibilities in the Field of ABA.
0: I see. And so um, can you, I don't want you to kind of spoil your talk or anything like that, but can you give us kind of the Reader's Digest version of uh, what it's about and things like that?
1: A little bit. um, I guess what it's going to focus on is... Helping behavior analysts move into other areas outside of developmental disabilities and ASD so that's I guess the short version
0: I see I see well we can we can maybe go a little deeper than the yeah. <laughs> so is that something that you you've been doing at, at the bedrock clinic and in, in, in that question you can kind of yeah. take take a second to tell us what the Bedrock Clinic is about and things like that.
1: Yeah. So um, some of the work that I do at Bedrock Clinic is on dissemination and we are a training facility for graduate students. And a lot of the issues that we're kind of seeing is that a lot of the graduate programs are very, very, become very autism based. Um, and that becomes an issue because we don't have, we don't, these students aren't really obtaining a generalized repertoire of the science and where it can really go. And it's, in the long run, and I'm sure we're gonna be seeing the ramifications of this, um, we will be losing the field of applied behavior analysis if we continue on this path. Um, we are leading into the path of being more so of a treatment versus an actual science if we continue to just focus on ASD and developmental disabilities. That's not to discredit. A lot of the work that we also do here at the clinic is working with children with developmental disabilities because unfortunately it is a bread and butter, but we also are expanding into other areas for example we are actually opening up a preschool that's just for general ed children but it's all based on the science of applied behavior analysis so again i'm taking the science and i'm you know providing a service that's needed so parents need a preschool service for their children but um, it's the curriculum is going to be based on applied behavior analysis and not in the sense that we're doing discrete trials with preschoolers that are neurotypical, but in the sense that um, we are using the principles to accelerate learning and uh, empower young children and give them a love of learning.
0: I see. You could say, oh, I mean, all these blocks in the VB map are filled up. (laughs) (laughs) These guys are kicking butt. Um, That's cool. So uh, are you guys developing that preschool curriculum yourselves?
1: We are. Um, We right now we're still working on licensure but hopefully this we're hopefully going to be opening we were supposed to open already in october we're waiting on the state of new jersey for approval but yeah we're working on the curriculum ourselves um there's some um, psi components precision teaching components as well um with it and it is still very developmentally appropriate so we're actually like incorporating concepts within the Waldorf. Um, progressive educational model um, because we still want to be appropriate and development, you know, developmentally appropriate. We don't want to be doing weird things with kids that, <laughs> you know, like sitting kids in chairs for long periods of time. Like that's that right. not appropriate for a two-year-old.
0: So um, for, for all the students who are listening, don't do weird things with kids, right? That's <laughs> Yeah.
1: Don't do weird things with kids. When you teach, think about your audience and think about what you're teaching and, um, it doesn't, I feel like there is a big misconception of what the science is. So, I mean, and hopefully this will create, be a pilot program in which then other people will say, wow, this is really cool. These kids, they look like little mini geniuses (laughs) coming out of there, Um, but we're still developmentally appropriate, but we're using the science. It's still gonna be data-driven. And, you know, the goal, going back to my presentation is gonna be to inspire young behavior analysts to not be afraid and to try something new. obviously don't try something new that, you know, is going to put anybody at risk, but if it's like risk, I mean, I think I say, go ahead and do it.
0: Very cool. Very cool. I can, I can't wait to hear both the talk and to hear more about uh, how your preschool gets up and running. I'm sure those of the uh, many, many listeners listening to this right now are probably, you know, the wheels are probably spinning about how that might work and all the possibilities and things like that. So that's super cool. And you know, hats off to kind of branching out in different directions. Well, at the same time, certainly uh, recognizing, you know, you gotta, as a saying, go, um, you know, uh, w- work with the, the clientele that kind of brought the science to where it is right now, or at least brought the popularity of ABA and the funding and all that other stuff that comes along with it to where it is right now, certainly. So, um, very cool. So, are there any uh, articles, websites, uh, videos, uh, whatever that might help? Attendees get a better idea of what you're talking about prior to your talk.
1: Well, I'm interested in a bunch of different things, specifically in theoretical approaches to behavior analysis. Um, I just wrote a blog for NextGen um, on the NextGen website uh, regarding, you know, wh- ballet. And you know, I, in my previous life, I was a dancer. I danced all the way till I was 22 years old, and I danced with Miami Ballet, so I was a trained, very well trained student to um, embark in another career path, but I do understand ballet very well. My daughter's a ballet dancer. Um, and I feel that um, ballet training specifically, um, I go through why the Russians are the best and they, they use like a Vaganova training method. And to me, I explain it in a very behavior analytic way, because this is why they have the best answers, because it is very, very behavior analytic, whether they say it or not. Mm -hmm. It's very, very, very intense. It's very systematic and it's very scientific. I mean, people go and study and get masters and PhDs in pedagogy um, on teaching how to activate specific muscles in the body. Like they understand anatomy, like it's, it's to a science. And that's why these guys are still the best in the world. So what I did is I took this idea and I um, I translated into a behavioral language.
0: Very cool. So yeah, I was going to say that you did the, uh, the translation work for us. Well, I'll definitely have to check that out and that's on the next gen website and I'll have a link to that at behavioral So, uh, again, it sounds like you are doing some really cool stuff, uh, down there in New Jersey. Um, Melissa, if people want to learn more about bedrock or have questions for you or whatever, uh, where can, uh, where, where can they find more information?
1: So they can go onto our website, www.bedrocknj.org. org. Um, I can also be DM'd at uh, our Instagram at bedrock clinic nj. Mm-hmm. Um and we can also be found on Facebook. Um, but Instagram is we're pretty like on there pretty frequently.
0: Yes, um, and I can vouch for that. I see you guys all the time. So doing
1: all kinds of like rants or whatever um on things that we you know feel that kind of need to be that need to be changed in our community. So
0: Very cool. All right. Well, look forward to hearing your talk. And thanks for taking some time to give us a little preview.
1: Sure. Thank you.
0: No problem.
4: Hi, my name is Tom Buco. I'm a doctoral candidate in clinical psychology at Hofstra University in Long Island.
0: Tom, uh, thanks for joining us today. Appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, so, uh, you are giving, a talk at the Next Gen Revolution Summit. So why don't you tell us what it's about?
4: Uh, So my talk is Expanding Horizons, a case study in expanding behavior analysis into other fields. For me, I'm going to begin the talk with a case study of myself and how I seek to disseminate and apply behavior analysis within the field of clinical psychology and what led me there with the broad goal of for people interested in kind of working outside the box of behavior analysis, identifying what skill sets they would need to develop to move forward in a different field, including traditional and non-traditional sources of education.
0: I see. So, um, have you... Did you enter your grad program as a behavior analyst already? Uh, I
4: I did not. I got my undergraduate degree from the University of Nevada, Reno, which has a very intense behavior analysis focus. Mm -hmm. Um, I knew that my particular areas of interest, uh, which were self and identity, um, many people in behavior analysis weren't examining. <laughs> so I went with the clinical psychology route, but I am very much a behaviorist, and that informs the entirety of my world view. So I'm forging into another field with the hope of disseminating behavior analytic thinking techniques and technologies within the realm of clinical psychology.
0: Now, I don't want you to give away too much of your talk. Having said that, <laughs> So if you're um, going into like a clinical psych doc program, did you, uh, with a strong behavior analytic background, um, if it, and again, for the listeners won't be able to see, but, you know, if we use the air quotes of, you know, traditional clinical psych program, um, do you feel that you have to be kind of a behavior analytic evangelist and and kind of convince (laughs) Major professors, advisors, et cetera, to kind of take on work or to guide your work into doing something uh, in in this realm. How how does that experience? How is that? If that's your experience, how does it? There's
4: there is some evangelizing component. What I'll say is that my program is cognitive behavioral, Mm -hmm. so I am sometimes the lone person who doesn't fall in the CBT realm shouting from the rooftops, I see. Um, but sometimes it becomes a matter of how to speak the language of the field without compromising the assumptions of my own science and my own set of values related to behavior analysis. I so know. it's a little bit of evangelizing and a little bit of politicking. It's about knowing kind of where to walk that very delicate line.
0: Oh gosh, that lesson is so needed in our field. Many times I think so. Oh. So you know, so if you went to UNR, I'm I'm going to take a guess here that you were kind of uh, that. Did you, you did you get a background in kind of uh, relational frame theory and act and things like that?
4: I did get a background um, in relational frame theory and act, as well as a very strong background in EAB and in theory and philosophy more broadly. Having worked in Linda Hayes's lab for many years,
0: I see. And so I imagine, you know, and I don't want to get too inside baseball, but from what I understand, that there is, uh, if you contrast ACT with, you know, perhaps traditional CBT, there's some folks who perhaps aren't necessarily psyched about getting on with the with the ACT program and things like that. Have you? That have you, is definitely
4: the case. That I've definitely seen it with um, some people who are very much hardcore CBTers and. Um, very much aren't interested in the kind of ACT model, um, though often I find that the things stated about ACT don't necessarily reflect a broader understanding of ACT.
0: It sounds like the kind of thing where people criticize applied behavior analysis as, you know, programming kids with as robots and Mm-hmm. Using M and M's indiscriminately and things like that—is that—is that kind of the the the, the misinformed uh, critiques that would be analogous to many of us as yeah. as traditional behavior analytic pr- practitioners?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it it falls within the history of behavior analysis that many of the critiques have come from spots of vast misinformation, and I'd say that's kind of like a historical reality of our field.
0: Right. Right. So. Um very cool. Um and I I'm excited to hear what you want to say what, what you're gonna talk about in terms of you know kind of a behavior analytic construct or behavior analytic view of the constructs of self and uh identity or at least what your work is and things like that. Um but again I don't want you to give away too much of, of what you're talking about as well. So um, um so putting that in mind, are are there any uh resources, articles? You, you, TED Talks, websites, whatever you want, you know, anything that folks can kind of check out in advance to maybe get a sense of what you're talking about or get the most from your from your I, talk at the I, conference?
4: Yeah, I would say the articles out there that would be beneficial for understanding my specific orientation um, would be the works um, on clinical behavior analysis by... Uh, Stephen Hayes um, and Bill Follett and those in that arena but really my hope with this case study is not just that someone could go out and be a clinical psychologist or branch into this field but that someone could find what it is that their passion is that they want to push behavior analysis into so really the most beneficial thing would be to find what's already out in those other fields and how those people are talking to each other and that can then kind of begin to inform the workshopping component of what I'll be doing, of how you really identify the things you'll need to do to branch into this other area you're passionate about that traditional BA hasn't been in.
0: Alright, pretty cool. Uh, If people have questions about this stuff and want to either reach out to you or whatever, what would be the best way for them to do that?
4: Uh, I am available via email is probably the best way to reach me. Um, My email is tbuqo1 at pride.hofstra.edu.
0: All right, cool. We will have that also in the show notes of uh, this episode. And uh, cool, cool. Well, best of luck in preparing for your talk. Uh, It sounds like a fascinating one, and I'm looking forward to checking it out. Thank you, and thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thanks, Tom.
5: Hi, my name is Nick Green. I am the founder and CEO of BehaviorFit, a company dedicated to simplifying health with behavioral science. Um, I'm also a full-time PhD student at the University of Florida.
0: Cool, well, Nick. Thanks for coming on the uh, the Next Gen Promo episode. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. So, uh, why don't you start by telling us what the title of your talk is, or at least the working title, if you don't have it all ironed out yet.
5: Sure. Yeah, I'm uh, happy, happy to be on the show today. And uh, the, really the working title is uh, just addressing how to expand the field of applied behavior analysis.
0: I see. And so what are some of the themes that you might cover? I mean, obvious, aside from the obvious title.
5: Right, right. Yeah. So this uh, talk is going to be loosely uh, uh, based on an article that I wrote for uh, b 21. And I just highlight three barriers that uh, I've kind of experienced over the years. Um, you know going through my kind of specialty of uh, too much sitting and sedentary behavior So the first barrier a lot of us know is that nobody really knows about behavior analysis so I offer you know a couple of solutions and I give my example through research and uh, uh, My company behavior fits uh, barrier two is that nobody's interested what I you know and what what that we do uh, so then again, I offer uh, my, my samples there of how I was able to overcome that barrier and then the last one um is something that really kind of relates to entrepreneurship and the uh theme of the conference at Next Gen um is that the opportunities are not obvious and so I kinda highlight some ways to, you know, plant seeds and uh uh kind of make a name for yourself.
0: Well that sounds uh that sounds really fascinating. And so certainly combining behavior analysis and health is something I can get behind, especially as I get into uh, getting, you know, creeping toward the, the mid-40s. Uh, I still like to say mm-hmm. early 40s, but uh, it's it's going to be getting close to mid-40s here pretty soon. And uh, it takes more and more work to to stay, you know, at least to say, uh, to be somewhat fit. And so uh, I think anything we can learn about that, certainly parlaying that into, you know, viable work in behavior analysis, perhaps outside of some of the more, you know, kind of mainstream occupational applications. I think that's going to be fun stuff for everyone to hear. So, um, let's see, um, are there specific resources, whether they be journal articles, blog posts, websites, et cetera, that uh, attendees can check out so they can get the most out of your talk?
5: Yeah, I would say, um, you know, really I I post regularly on my own website, behaviorfit.com. So really I bring in the themes of, OBM health and wellness, and I bring in kind of my own personal um, experience into that. So I have that monthly blog. Um, and then again, my talk is going to be based on this BSI article. So um, the title of that article is Overcoming Three Barriers to Expand ABA. You can search the title or my name and it'll pop up there. Um, and then really, um, th- those, those will be the, the, the easiest low-hanging fruit for people to go ahead and check out first.
0: Okay. Very cool. And and you've also done some, 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 uh, peer reviewed research, right? I think you had an art, didn't you have a Java article not too long ago? I
5: did. Yeah. I, um, I was very fortunate. That I had my master's thesis, um, while I was at Florida tech to, uh, have that published. That was uh, titled decreasing bouts of sedentary behavior among office workers. And, um, yeah, that was a, uh, fall 2016 article that, um, was really kind of my first go at looking at the, how to refine the methodology of reducing sitting in the workplace. And, um, over the summer I submitted another manuscript uh to Jabo as well, looking at how um you know, feedback and task clarification um can uh can enhance uh you know more activity in the workplace. So I guess full disclosure if it's it's in submission, so if you're an AE on the uh on the review committee right now, no pressure, but uh hopefully it gets published soon. <laughs>
6: that's
0: right. That's right. We'll have to find out who that is. And- yeah. Find out what kind of scotch they like, and you know, I'm just ki- just kidding, kidding. Um, so, <laughs> all right, cool. If people want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to contact you?
5: Yep yeah, they can reach they can reach me at nick at and I'm pretty active on social media, LinkedIn, um, my own personal website, Instagram. You can follow me on Facebook. Everything is either forward slash or at behaviorfits. Um, yeah, I love uh, you know reaching out to people and uh, helping those that are. Interested in getting started in health and wellness, and so I'm just trying to provide the support that um, you know I've been given. So I just want to pay it forward. So if you have any questions at all, feel free to contact me there.
0: All right, and that's at all one word, dot com. Yes, that's Mi- right. Minus the all one word. Yes. <laughs> all right, cool. All right, Nick, I can't wait to hear you talk. Uh, I've got a lot to learn about this topic, and I'm uh, looking forward to checking it out. So uh, best of luck with your presentation. And, uh, as we have been, I guess, uh, or at least I've been, uh, threatening for some period of time, got to get you back for a full interview. We can dive into this in a little bit more detail and maybe you can give me some tips about how to get rid of that little pudge that, uh, <laughs> or that, uh, spare tire or beer belly, call it what you like. Uh, and some other tips for wellness for, uh, for people of all ages, but especially, uh, Married fathers of three, with uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So,
5: <laughs> hey, I'll cut you off right there. I'm looking forward to doing the full, the full interview, and um, I'm really excited about the conference. And thank you for doing the, uh, you know, this kind of preview show. And I'm looking forward to the other talks and meeting all the attendees and uh, the other speakers there. So, thank you so much, man.
6: Hey, no problem. Hi, this is Adam Ventura. I'm the founder and CEO of World Evolve Inc. I'm also an adjunct professor at Florida International University.
0: Hey, Adam. Thanks for joining us today. And uh, so what what are you going to be talking about at NextGen?
6: Well, thanks for having me, Matt. Uh, it's an honor to be on the podcast with you. Um, and at the NextGen Summit, I'm going to be talking about entrepreneurship and business and ethics and behavior analysis.
0: All right. So that seems like a lot in one talk. So let's unpack that just a little bit. And if you want to talk about <laughs> World Evolve a little bit, too... Um, by all means, uh, go ahead and connect those dots should they exist.
6: Sure, absolutely. So uh, World Evolve is a behavior analysis organization. And I know that's kind of a a general phrase, but uh, uh, World Evolve is actually made up of uh, seven different companies that provide a variety of different services uh, throughout the behavior analysis ecosystem. So we do have a therapy company. We also have a training company. We have a software company. Uh, we have an OBM company. Uh, we have an, a business administration company, so we stay pretty busy. And entrepreneurship is a is a big part of World Evolve and uh, and the mission, the overall mission of our organization.
0: I see. And so, what can uh, attendees expect to learn from the result of your talk?
6: I think one of the biggest topics that we're going to be focusing on for my talk is scaling ethically. So, how do you start a business? and grow the business ethically. So how do you do right by your consumers of whatever service you're providing? And also, how do you do right by your staff? Um, So I really feel like uh, every organization has two different demographics that they're serving, not just the consumers of their services and products, but also the people that make up their company.
0: I see, yeah. And, you know, that whole idea of growing in a responsible way is... Certainly, probably on the top of many people's mind, given the rapid pace in, in which our field is developing, the never ending emails that many of us seem to get about uh, <laughs> advertising for staff et cetera et cetera sure. so um, sounds like you've got a uh a, a big uh, a, a big list of things to 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 uh go over or a big task I should say to accomplish in this talk and uh I look forward to hearing more about it so Um, If people want to learn more about World Evolve or if there are any articles, uh, whether they're journal articles or blog posts or websites or anything like that, are there any resources that you can point to folks so they can maybe read up on and get a little ahead of the game so they can get the most out of your talk?
6: Absolutely. So I would probably recommend three different locations. So they can go to our website, which is world-evolve.com. Um, to learn more about our organization. And if they want to learn a little bit more about me or some of the articles that I've already written on these topics, uh, they can visit me on my LinkedIn page. They can just uh, do a quick search for me at Adam Ventura uh, in LinkedIn. And also, um, I'm fortunate enough to be a contributing writer for uh, behavioral science in the 21st century, so bsci21.org. And I've written a few different articles on entrepreneurship and behavior analysis. Um, I'm going to be talking a little bit um, at the presentation at the summit on, on how mentorship um, uh, works into entrepreneurship as well. And I wrote an article on mentorship on b as well. So if somebody is interested, they could go to b it 21 and, and, it'll t- and it'll pull up a list of all of the different uh, articles that I've written
0: fantastic i think we lost you there just for a second but uh, just to recap you were talking about bside21.org particularly articles on mentorship and entrepreneurship and if folks want to learn more about that they can go there and search there and just to let the listener know that i will have all these links in the show notes so you can go to behavioralobservations.com and look for next gen revolution summit and we'll have the links to all these things in there so cool um well i can't wait to hear your talk And, uh, any, anything, any final thoughts you want to leave the listeners with?
6: Yeah. I mean, if you guys, um, I I think this is a really, um, uh, no pun intended here, but I think it's a really revolutionary, um, uh, event that, uh, Ryan and his, uh, Ryan O'Donnell and his team are, uh, putting on here, uh, for this particular conference. I, I think that he did a great job of, uh, putting together a very diverse, uh, panel of, uh, experts and, and just knowledgeable people in a variety of different areas of behavior analysis. And for anyone that's interested in learning about different avenues that can be taken, uh, in behavior analysis, I think this is a fantastic conference. So outside of the typical, um, you know, the typical, uh, uh, ways in which we go in behavior analysis, you know, with therapy and autism, not that they're not important, But if somebody's interested in learning a little about other applications of behavior analysis, I think that this is a really great conference, a really great event for them to do that.
0: Awesome. You know, I wish I could go in person, but I'll I'll be uh, getting the uh, the virtual pass, I think, and uh, we'll look forward to your talk and and others as well. So. Uh, again, um, listeners, that's world you uh, and we'll have all the other links that uh, Adam uh, mentioned as well in the show notes. So, Adam, best of luck with the talk, and uh, like I said, I can't wait to hear it.
6: All right. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate the time, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll get as many people as possible to attend virtually or in person.
0: Awesome. Take care.
6: Thank you.
2: Bye. Bye-bye.
0: Hey, folks, that's the last sound effect for today's episode, I promise so. Uh, I hope you, again, got a lot out of this show, as I certainly did. If you want to learn more about how to attend the conference, whether in person in South Florida or uh, using the virtual pass, head on over to nextgenrevolutionsummit.com. And if you do decide to attend, don't forget to use the promo code MATT, M-A-T-T, and that'll save you a couple of bucks in the process. So... Uh, I think that's going to do it for today's session of the Behavioral Observations podcast. I will see you guys in session 39. Take care.
1: Thank you for listening to the Behavioral Observations podcast with Matt Sikoria. You can find Matt's notes on this episode at www.behavioralobservations.com. We also invite you to stay connected with us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash behavioral observations. And on Twitter, at Behavior Podcast.